Hey everyone, welcome to a quick shot of romance. I am Becky. And I am Leah. On this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, we are reviewing Promise Me Always by A.L. Jackson. This is book four in the Redemption Hills series. Yes. Now, have you read every book in this series? I did not read book three. I read book one, book two, and book four. Okay. And I, I have, have read books, these. I have I read have these all over three. the place. I have book three, but I didn't read it. So I, I read... was doing a service to the podcast by skipping book three. Actually, that's not true. I didn't have time to read it. <laughs> so I read book two first, then I went back and read book one. And then I read book three, but I kind of skimmed it, DNF'd it because it was. It. I didn't love it. It was second chance. Mm-hmm. Friends to lovers. I'll, yeah. I'll go back and reread it because I am curious about it. We all know how I feel about that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I know. So give us the book book stats of this book. Okay, so Promise Me Always was released January 30th, 2023. So it is a brand spanking new book. The tropes are close proximity, age gap. He is a bearded hero. It's second chance at love, small town, fake engagement, redemption romance, friend group, pining for her and there's a little pining for him too there and is. a single dad um this is book four in the redemption hill series this is a series of um standalone interconnected standalones i'm like oh, and they're interconnected in the sense where like there's characters in the books but the stories are completely separate if you started at book four you would be 100 percent okay absolutely um put out percentage so we haven't talked while in a while about what is put out percentage or what is pop. So Leah, this book pops at 40%, but what is pop? But does it actually pop at 40% or is this one of those earlier scenes where they're doing the... There's touching. Does it actually... There's lots. Does it, it doesn't actually pop at 40%. It doesn't pop to like 63%, but the chemistry okay. in this book is like... It is. It's fire. Very, but, that, but that's why I was questioning because I was like, I didn't think they actually had sex until later in the book. Okay, so the put out percentage is the percentage in the book where there's on page action. Now, typically, we count the on page action when there's P in the V, or P and P, or P and P, or and v, v and v. v. But when there is two, when there's two connected genitals. <laughs> yes, but he does oh things he does her. things oh he does things and he does them well he's a but then, naughty book well he's a naughty boy but then he freaks out <laughs> he does freak out so the audio narrators i listened to the audiobook thank you to author al jackson for gifting us copies oh, of yeah. this audiobook <laughs> because wow yes we'll get to that like whole like audio thing in a, in a minute but it is otter Audited. It Audited. is narrated by Connor Crace and Samantha Brentmore. Now, yeah. I have never listened to either one of these narrators. Have you? No, I don't think so. Okay. So let me tell you, if you have ever listened to the podcast, I am a new to audiobook person. I have, have a hard time with them. I read really fast. And so I've always kind of had a hang up with them. It's more in the sense where I can read a book faster. So I discovered my love of audiobooks, but I was only listening to books that I've previously read because I don't have to pay attention to them. And like, I already know what's going on. So this book, I, I started on the audio and I loved it. 
and I tried to page, like read it with my eyeballs, like halfway through. And I couldn't do it because I was like so immersed in the audio because there is something about A.L. Jackson's writing that works perfectly for the audiobook and the cadence of the story and and the way that these two narrators did the story I was in it I was like it was like a movie in my head like and I I have a fairly vivid imagination but I don't always like since I read so fast like sometimes I don't get super immersed into the story if I'm eyeballing it but the way that these two narrators did the story was perfect and I loved Samantha Brentmore and like the way that she does like the alternative characters in her chapters. Um, so <laughs> it was exceptional of an audiobook. It mm-hmm. was like a poetry and the movement of the words. It was yeah. like almost lyrical in the way well, she well, and Amy writes in a very lyrical way. Yeah. And, but like when you bring that to your ears it works so well connor and samantha brought these characters to such life Mm -hmm. like i felt tessa i heard the grovel right it's tessa right tessa yeah yeah you looked like i we all know i change names so (laughs) it's true true. you looked at me like i'm like no i'm for sure name's tessa but she brought she brought her to life like you could hear her giggles and her sarcasm but also mm-hmm. her hesitancy to open herself up and her you know and we'll talk about Tessa and kind of what she is looking for but there was a a searching a neediness to her personality mm-hmm. that in the way that Samantha portrayed the her character in this book you felt that and the emotions like i ran a gamut of motions as i mm-hmm. listened to this book well and it's like tessa like when you meet her even if you're just meeting her for the first time like she comes across as this really confident like person who has her shit together but she is falling apart in so many ways she's just so she is one of those souls that has not found her person. Mm-hmm. She's alone in the world. She has a brother who is in a vegetative state. Mm-hmm. Her parents died. And he took care of her after they died. Yeah, And she has friends. But she doesn't have that one person to hold her hand through all the moments. The good, yeah. the bad, and the ugly. Her friends are there. But she doesn't have that person to lean on no and the, and that's the thing she has this wonderful friendship with eden who is the heroine from book one who she she tells like she knows her secrets but there's still little elements of her life that she doesn't share because she there's this almost this I think she's afraid. There's almost this need to keep it to herself. I think she's afraid if she shares it, it could then be taken away. Yeah. Like if she holds on to it and keeps it for solely herself, then she doesn't have to deal with the loss if someone else tries to take it away. Because for Tessa's whole life, it has been nothing but loss. Mm -hmm. And she has this heart and this passion for the people in her life and the world around her. And she's a teacher. She's an educator. And she just 
wants to do good and be good. And she wants to be loved. And she doesn't have that right now. Well, I mean, she has love in her life, but she wants that existential love that is like, you can't exist without it. Like you, like that other person cannot exist without you as part of their life. And that's the kind of love that she wants. Cause she has good love from her friends, but she doesn't have that extra element to it. So let's talk about Milo because as much as Tessa is heart and passion, Milo is a wall. Like he has big feels, but he hides them. He has big fields, but he has hurt. And he... And he is he, the hero you didn't know your heart needed, though. He is. But the thing is, like, he takes that hurt and he he almost uses it as a weapon of himself. Like, he... like he you just don't realize how much heartache he is walking around with because he uses that heartache almost as a shield to prevent himself from connecting to the people Uh in the world around him so he is a bouncer in the bar that is owned by the hero in book one Trent and Milo has a past as a cage fighter an underground cage fighter and um but his life hasn't always been good. And no, and you you learn about his past. Like his dad was abusive, and like he and his mom got out of that situation after things happened. And you you hear it like you learn about that. And so like he's had a tough life, and he kind of and he had like he feel he feels like he has a lot of anger issues and a lot of emotional distress and he only can get it out in one way and as you go through the book you realize like he doesn't it's just he's never been taught to channel it in a different way yeah until he has tessa well until he has tessa and he's fighting to get his kids back because Mm -hmm. his wife died after being shot and he blames himself for his Mm -hmm. wife and in his own grief he lost custody of his children to his former in-laws. Yes, who don't like him at all. No, they blame him for the loss of their daughter, and they keep very tight control over the, his children. And he's only allowed to see them one afternoon a week and only at the park. Mm-hmm. And that's something else that Amy does, A.L. Jackson does incredibly well, is age-appropriate children. <laughs> she she really does. And there's this meeting, like there's the first meeting with Tessa and the kids. And it is, it is heartwarming, the connection that she creates with these two little human beings that they, that you weren't expecting. Like in, in a single parent romance, like every once in a while, like you'll come across a book where there's just this instant connection with the significant other and the kids. You don't always get that though. <laughs> Sorry, Becky's like holding in a sneeze. And no, a yawn. Because we're doing this at late at night. Sorry. Anyway, but but the connection that the three of them create, just the three of them, without Milo even being a part of it, is really just 
it was perfect. It was perfect. And really, like, as you listen to Samantha narrate that interaction, Mm -hmm. I had tears in my eyes. Tears for those kids, tears for Tessa, and tears that Milo is watching this unfold, but there's still this uncertainty to how he is going to move forward to make dreams happen. Well, and I think part of that is he feels like he has this like black stain on life and everything that he touches is going to turn to shit. And like, and there are, and you understand that as you learn about his background and you understand like why he feels the way he does and you, but you get snippets. And one thing I really like about this book and Amy does this in, um, in some of her other books too, where she does rely on the flashback she switches the point of view. So her present stuff is in first person, dual person point of view, but her flashbacks are in third person. And so it really takes you out of the original story and thrusts you into this almost new world. And it's a really interesting way that she does those flashbacks. And the way she does these flashbacks, you realize why their pasts are haunting them both. Mm -hmm. And Um, We should content trigger warning on this um, a little bit. Tessa does have an abusive controlling ex. um, And there is some on page violence. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, but on a whim, they have a fake engagement. I have read quite a few of A.L. Jackson's books, but not everything. I've not Mm -hmm. read her whole backlist. But I don't know if she has any other fake engagement books. I don't think she does. So I was trying to think, does she have a fake engagement? And um, we will ask her because we have, this will probably come out after we've talked to her, but we will ask her. Did you make a note of this? I will. Um, So they have a fake engagement and basically Tessa has no- it's not really a fake engagement. It's not. Tessa has no place to go. Milo offers her a place to stay with him. In the midst of all of this, she realizes that Milo is a single dad, but he does not have custody of his children. Yeah. Milo's whole goal in life is to get custody back of his children. Mm-hmm. And he and Tessa come up with this plan that they are going to become fake engaged to show that he has stability in his life and that he can care for his children again. That there's no reason that the in-laws need to have custody of them anymore. He has dealt with his grief and is prepared to move forward and is making changes in his life and has a future. And that's, and that's going to be with Tessa. And so that's this whole whim of a fake engagement, but seriously, like his mom is in this book and he, you know, there's of course going to be a dark moment because Amy has to rip our hearts out before she can make us better. Well, and she, and the way that she does it in like in all the, like in all of her books, this is something that she does. There's always some sort of connection in their past. There's a connection of some sort to the hero and the heroine to the past. And you never know what it's going to be or how it's going to be. And, and this one took me by surprise. I was not expecting this one. Same. And we are not going to spoil it. No. But, but then after it happens, you realize she left us clues, damn it. She did. She really did. Anyway, I, I the fake engagement was so well done because they were never really fake engaged. And his mother is even like, 
it. Uh, no, you that's weren't. the thing. And I mean, I'll spoil a little bit. Like in the dark moment, she's like, there was like, he tells her that it was fake because they, and she's like, there was nothing fake about any of that. Like you're okay. a dumbass. So there's some cute interaction from past characters. And I just have to give a little shout out to Salem is one of my most favorite of uh-huh. uh, A.L. Jackson's heroines and her little girl, Junie B. Yeah, she's adorable. She's in this book and she's so sassy and she's so bossy. <laughs> and I don't often wish for next gen books. Oh, she would be a great next but I gen need book. these two because it's got to be the little guy from book one. Oh, her engage. Because she's bossed him <laughs> to the point. That would be a really good one. Anyway. Or even if like, I just would like her book and he could have a book too. They don't have to be together. No, but Junie B is like sassy. Okay. And Salem. Amy, if you're listening. Right. Salem and her, uh, what Judd is her hero. Uh huh. They are going to have their hands full with her. Yeah, definitely. So much. Um, let's talk about the chemistry of this book because I think that the audiobook itself really helped intensify. I think so. The chemistry. Part of, I think part of that though is Connor and Samantha's voices blend so well in the narrative of this story. Everyone's small, like. Again, I'm new to audio, but every once in a while, like I'll come across a book where it's, I really like the, the male narrator, but I feel like the female narrator, the voice doesn't flow well, or the cadence of the two voices don't match, but the two of these narrations, they seamlessly work together and it creates a whole new element of the chemistry, not just with A.L. Jackson's writing. Yeah. Um, the thing, A.L. Jackson, when she writes a book, always has a repeat of a mantra Yeah, in her books. This one, she had a couple. Mad love, though. Mad love. Mad, mad, mad love. Mad, mad love. Mm-hmm. And that is this book. This mm-hmm. is love, madness within love. Love creates madness. It was, it was perfect. It was mm-hmm. the perfect mantra for this book. Again, that's another question we probably need to ask her. Like, does she give the mantra after she writes the book or does it come organically? Yeah, that is actually a really good question because like with Judd and Salem, it was the black magic. Yeah, like, black magic. And this is mad love. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, also, I love a girl gang. And I this, love a girl gang. This they, series has a great girl gang. The four of them definitely have a group. Yeah. When and they the- go to the club. And they get like escorted to their specific table and told, please do not get in trouble. Well, and the fact too, that it's like, they're, they're at this club that like, cause Trent owns the club and like, they show up at this club and it's like, everyone knows like not to go like touch them because Trent is uber possessive. Uber possessive. Anyway. Um, so the girl gang is Tessa, Eden, Salem, and Aster. Yeah. And Anyway, this book is phenomenal. This it is, is so good. It's such a great read. And audiobook is a must. Yes. It's a 1, must. 1,000% a must. Um, anyway, hey, Leah, thanks for joining me for this quick shot of romance. Of course. Until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. 
If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.